Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today is Thursday, April 13th, 2017, so we're talking about energy, materials, and industrials. I'm your host, Sean O'Reilly, and joining me today in studio is the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Taylor Markerman. How are you today? I'm good. What's up? Uh, you know, it's uh, spring has arrived in D.C., getting out, seeing tourists now. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I mean, spring break around here, so. Yeah. No, I just I was joking with uh, my buddy, and I was like, oh, the first day of spring, and, you know, this is the city where you start seeing everybody with their their backpacks pointing up at how do we get to the Washington Monument. And, and then the, the yeah. bright neon, I love Washington, D.C. sweatshirts. And, and, and we love them. We love tourists. Yeah. I'm more than happy to direct them as to which metro station to use. Um, so, we've got a bunch of stuff to cover today, folks, The uh, including, <laughs> this is a good one, um, how Russia might be trying to take over your local gas station. Oh. That'll be fun. Oh. Uh, oil producer profitability, uh, trouble over at American Airlines, but first, we got to mention a tweet we received on the TMF Twitter handle about a company we failed to mention last week. Uh, when we were discussing uh, offshore drillers, I felt really, really guilty about this. It was on the tip of my tongue, though. Well, I mean, there's just so many of them. Well, the, we were talking about the there's ones- There's fewer than there were a few years ago. <laughs> it was actually a discussion you might, if you're an I investor know, in Atwood, you wouldn't want to hear Atwood's name mentioned in Awkward, because yeah. uh, it was so, a discussion about- Offshore oil companies yeah. that so, announced bankruptcy or restructuring. Uh, so we, t- our Twitter handle, TMF Energy, uh, Levi, Levi Waddell at Levi underscore Waddell said at uh, I am so Riley at T-, T Muckerman. You didn't mention Atwood in your offshore conversation the other day. Thoughts on this one? Um, what are your thoughts, Taylor? Um, well, I'll make it uh, as brief as a tweet, maybe. But um, no, forty characters. I, I do um, in the offshore oil industry. Um, this this is a company that. Investors could definitely look at it's it's a smaller company compared to an Ensco. They only have a fleet of correct me like 12, 13, 14 I don't rigs, have the exact, but they're all count. newer. Yeah, as I understand uh, it. It, when we met with, uh, so I went down. We talk about going down to Houston quite often, but um, a couple years ago, went down there and met with Rob Saltiel, their CEO. Your character count is over. And uh, and and yeah, well, sorry, <laughs> met with Rob Saltiel, their CEO, and uh, and a couple other members of management. And uh, he's good pedigree. He came from Transocean. Um, he he said he's always out there visiting these rigs, which is a little bit more uh, convenient. You want that in a leader? Yeah. Well, yeah. he doesn't have as many rigs as Transocean. It might right. be a little harder for the the CEO of Transocean to get out there and visit every rig um, in these remote parts of the world. But um, yeah, newer rigs, smaller rig count. Um, right now, no dividends, so uh, you don't have to worry about the share selling off due to a dividend cut. Um, like like uh, you've seen with Sea Drill and Transocean, so yeah, decent company. Uh, market cap of around seven hundred million right now. And uh, if you believe in offshore oil, sure, this is this is definitely a company that you, that you should look at. look at. Yeah, it's it's part of the peer group that I believe you should consider. So uh, cool, thanks. Yeah, yeah. So tweet us yes. anybody. Yeah, at TMF Energy. Uh, yeah, and we will uh, we'll give you a shout out on air sure. in one hundred and forty characters or. More, or more, I guess. Um, so last night, Taylor, you sent me a really cool article about uh, Russia. Uh, not about, not about our government, though. No, not, yeah, about, not about, not about anything going on voting. in the world. But yeah. uh, they're trying to take over my local gas station. What's going on here? Well, so yeah, that's not cool. Um, if you might have heard of Sitco Petroleum, one of the top ten uh, petroleum refiners in the United States. 
So um, they're actually owned by Venezuela. Yes, we need to have they Venezuela, are yeah. owned by uh, Venezuela, and uh, or we should say the state-run. Was it PDVSA? Yeah. yeah, the state-owned oil company down there. Um, unfortunately for them, they're not doing so well because of oil prices and uh, which we're all connected by the circle of life. You'll remember that Venezuela was one of the countries begging OPEC to cut production. Yes, over the last. Yes, they were. Like, we need higher oil prices. We we're bleeding money. Prices. Like this is yeah. Um, so they're they're close to defaulting on some debt that <sighs> Russia owns, and as a condition of that loan, they could take over um, this PDVSA's feels like, stake in Sitco uh, like chap- Petroleum. Chapter eleven, but on an international scale. I didn't know that that was how it worked. Well, so they're not going to Russia Rosneft. So not Russia, the country, but Rosneft. Who has close ties Taylor. to the government? I mean, yeah, well, we're not going to get into that, but um, they they pledged a forty nine point nine percent stake in the company if they defaulted as their collateral. Ooh. So it's not a majority stake, but it's darn near close. Uh, plus, it's yeah, it's it's Putin. It, yeah, well, it's close enough. Yeah. So yeah. CEO Igor Session has long considered Putin had been considered Putin's right hand man. So this is just you know just an inter- interesting little tidbit that. Uh, Still waters run deep in the oil industry. The uh, Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, moving on to more pleasant things. Um, wanted to get your thoughts, Taylor. I was reading an article the other day, and then I you know, just popped over to our friends at um, S&P Global Market Intelligence to see the earnings estimates okay. of some of these uh, more efficient shale producers that we always mention, yeah. like the, the pioneers and the OGs. Um, really quick, just wanted to wrap about the prospects of, can oil companies theoretically make earnings like their actual earnings like they very decent profits even if oil doesn't return to 80 90 100 because that's of course what everybody that produces oil wants but you know if you're making um five dollars it's irrelevant but mm-hmm. x dollars per share five years ago with oil at 100 but you and i have both seen these 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 efficiency the cost cuts that these guys are talking up yeah and is it possible that you could make the same amount per share just in profits? I mean, I'm sure it's possible. Do you think it'll happen, man? Oh, um, <laughs> for some companies, sure. The ones that, like you said, so you said share prices Pioneer of companies like Pioneer and EOG weren't necessarily hurt as bad as uh, companies that were pro- couldn't produce for under sixty dollars a barrel. So there was a flight to flight to safety, flight to quality there, and uh, it just goes to show, like. Yeah, you're going to have greater reward maybe if you invest in these companies that are drill baby drill at the without the cost advantage, but that's increased risk. Yeah. Like EOG and Pioneer, they they have low cost positions, they have low cost technology, they have they have, EOG is more vertically integrated, owns some of its own sand mines, owns some of its own rail lines to. Plus, they're just there in Texas, so it's easy. Yeah, to I mean, like things. I said, yeah, they have the acreage, so this sure, of course, it's possible, but not for everybody, for sure. Well, so and this, of course, also leads to um, something we were talking about a week or two ago, which is um, the the rig operators. Mm-hmm. They're going to want their cut now too, and they've been generous the last couple of years, which makes these guys their their costs yep. look good. Well, they got but, a, uh, the the rig operators kept their customers in business. Halliburton even went so far. I can't speak to everyone. I'm just a, sh- a shareholder in Halliburton, so maybe Summerjay or Baker Hughes did this, but I know Halliburton was even going so far as providing financing to some of their customers. Oh wow! Yeah, like asking, acting as like a like a lender. Yeah, they you were, know, they were, use this rig. We'll 
what not only are we giving it to you at a lesser price than we used to but we'll also wow lend you some money to pay us with it that's such a <laughs> oh, it's like a symbiotic yeah, kind of so, a, yeah. Um, that I don't think that's going on anymore, but it was in the deepest, darkest depths of the oil price collapse. Yeah. So, so Pioneer's at like one hundred eighty dollars a share. Yeah. This is all completely like because this is entirely dependent on commodity prices. Like this is a joke, but well, it's not like a joke. Use, it's very serious. Well, it's very serious, but like. What if oil collapses? Like what happens? <laughs> um, expect to earn two two bucks a share this year, four sixty a share in twenty eighteen, eight dollars a share in twenty nineteen, twenty twenty thirteen bucks, and twenty twenty one twenty dollars and ninety two cents. And this is from analysts polled on Capital Q. I think there's four guys that mm-hmm. they polled. Anyway, um, that looks good. Twenty dollars a share in five years. It's a hundred eighty dollars stock. Ah. Yeah, but is that because they're buying back more shares? Is I don't that know. Because they're actually selling more oil? Uh, is that because this, they're cutting costs? This, is that because that is that is what I'm saying. Banks this are seems paid to this seems less their... predictable than Coca-Cola's earnings. Yes, is, I would is... well. Really? Uh, we're gonna get into that. <laughs> no, because we're not. That's consumer. Goods. Where's Vincent Chen when that's, we need him? That's consumer goods. Um, same same deal at EOG. Yeah, absolutely. It's possible, but not for everybody to. So you seem less pro- enthusiastic in this idea. Of returning to previous earnings per share, yeah, not, not at not as high an oil price. Yeah, because as we've seen traditionally, unless technology dramatically changes like it has with shale, oil tends to be more expensive to produce over time because generally you're going to produce the cheapest oil first. Ah, trouble. Which is why before shale happened, Trouble. we thought offshore was We're, the next big thing. Right, cause but it was going to be more expensive for these companies, so they had to oh. plow billions of dollars into it, and that's why oil was so high. But then shale happened, and then those guys happened. Yeah, yeehaw! They found fifty dollar barrel oil versus eighty dollar barrel Canadian oil sands and offshore oil, and they were able to they were able to drill baby drill. Boom! All right. Uh, so moving on to uh, I don't know. This is probably the boy. This is a dark day. What about like Russia taking over my gas station, oil company profitability, and now uh, United Airlines? Oh, they got a bad rap, I think. Well, and actually, we have math to prove it. Their employee didn't rip that guy out of his seat. You think? I know those were those were okay. Those were law enforcement that ripped him out of his seat. Yeah, so they just told him he had to get up, and then when he wouldn't, right? The law stepped in and. Threw him into the next row and right. knocked him unconscious. So um, the flight was overbooked. So we're not going to talk about purposefully. Purposefully, yes. right? Which is actually the the cool math that I have for oh, everybody. Lay it on us. Um, and then oh you and your math. So I, I of course wondered. I was like, because I understand, you know, there's a reason that uh, the world the world freaked out when Warren Buffett and his company Berkshire Hathaway bought stakes in. American and Southwest and stuff is because he's he's ripped on the airline industry for forty years, and yeah. it's because it's capital intensive, low margin. You're at the mercy of the weather, people. But like it's, it's becoming more monopolistic. Yeah, so just he's like he's the on railroads he dearly loves. Oh my gosh! Just like the global cell phone market. If my econ teacher from high school were here, he would say it's duopolistic, sir. Well. Whatever. Or an Oligo- oligopoly. Oligopolistic. 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 Yeah, we'll go with that. We'll there go we with go. oligopolistic. Um, but uh, they're still overbooking. And the reason is, um, think about it this way. United Airlines has four uh, over 4,000 flights every single day. That's a lot and of And that's flights. just them. That's a lot of flights. And I have long said, I'm like, you know, I, I complain about the lines at the airport, and I complain about, you know, 
missing a flight or the flight being delayed or whatever. But at the end of the day, if you step back, what airlines are doing is amazing every single day. Not one of these crashes out of the sky. It's an amazing I'm feat of traversing logistics, yes. across an entire continent. Something that used to take. I don't With know months. A few hundred other people on your plane only. Yeah, yeah. like it's uh, technically and all your belongings. If, you, if you step back, it's it's actually very impressive what all these airlines do. So United people alone are is soft. They just expect it. Yeah, you they know. don't they don't think about everything that goes into it. You're soft. All the, all the why don't guys you, driving the guys and guys driving you, the baggage trucks, getting your ticket handled on time. Like steep. Yeah, just because you got offloaded. Sorry. Yeah. Deep. Oh man, Taylor. Soft man. This you're hard. <laughs> oh god. Um, by the way, during the gold rush, you know how most people got to California? It was not on land. Dysentery and <laughs> dysentery. No, it was actually they they would get on a a, a ship and you'd go around the South America. Yeah, how long did that basically. take? Basically, it, it took like a month and a half. Yeah. Like and they had very good... little. They had probably less personal space than they do on an airplane. Uh, that's really hard to believe, but I believe you. <laughs> well, I'm reading a book about like Vasco da Gama and things. And oh, there people, you go. These people yeah. were on ships for weeks coming from the United from Europe to the United States and South America, yeah. and they literally couldn't even do a snow angel on the floor of these ships. Yeah, and then you get off, and they immediately check you for. And you think and... you think the pretzels on those planes are bad? Actually, Try eating the rat and I'm, I'm, I'm a Southwest man, and I have love for their pretzels. Oh well, that's fine. I'm well, gonna okay. take a simple joke there. Um, anyway, point being, so um, even if so, let's pretend, let's pretend all of these flights have one missing seat, mm-hmm. and this seat is you and I both know this is a very good rate. Let's just pretend that this hundred dollars seat could have been sold for a hundred dollars. Sure. The ticket that's that's a good deal. Um, four hundred uh, four thousand flights a day, a hundred bucks for that one missing seat. That's four hundred thousand dollars in missed revenue per day. Whoops. You want these planes, these flights full, every yeah. single one of them. Mm-hmm. It makes it easier to estimate For, fueling. It makes it est- easier to estimate staffing. Like it doesn't matter how big a company of food you and are. Drinks. Yeah. Four hundred thousand dollars per day is that's something. More than people make that's, in a year. You know. So there. <laughs> this actually gets even better. Apparently, and I'm sure all the airlines do this. Um, they of course have a super algorithm. Like the thing that you know runs Google, mm-hmm. they have this to figure out if they should overbook a plane. Mm-hmm. Um, it even calculates which flights to book based upon the data that they have for all the people on the flight. Mm-hmm. So if you miss a bunch of flights historically, mm-hmm. or if you have missed a bunch of flights, they are more likely to overbook that flight hmm. that you're on. That's like so you're saying they're I, rooting out the problem. They're trying, so they need to. They need to put a scarlet letter on those people's tickets, so when they do show up, someone can stand to, up no, and say, "Boo this the, man!" The, the ticket should have the little, uh, like a little sad cat, like "I'm like real, we sorry," like something, like, like the meme. I don't you know. automatically get stuck in the middle seat of the exit row. Oh you can't man! If you actually show up, so mean. Yes. Yeah. Or the um, jump seat. It's like passenger ratings, like Uber yes, driver ratings. Exactly. Start it up, United. Start it up. Um, but uh, so the video, of course, surfaced recently. It was not pleasant to watch. It was graphic. Um, CEO rightly feels horrified and said it can never happen again. But I did happen to look up that this is a rarity. Um, United Airlines, not even just the airline industry, but United bumped um, less than a tenth of one percent of passengers last year. Okay. Um, the last thing I had to say, and this is what I was thinking, because I heard 
correct me. It was you know they said a we're offering two hundred dollar flight voucher and then a hotel like they 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 ratcheted up three times and I think the final value was like eight hundred bucks to you know something like mm-hmm. to get off the plane basically. Um, if in my opinion the algorithm failed and they just can't get customers to get off the plane, they've like ratcheted up three times. Um, I think Econ 101 says they just need to keep going. There is a price that somebody would have gotten off that plane. For. Oh, for sure. But the thing is, I was thinking, you know, if it was a Saturday or Sunday the next day, right? Absolutely, that ticket goes for eight hundred dollars. People get off. They spend All another day another in day Chicago in yeah. or whatever they were. And but it was a Monday. A lot of people. Not. I'm not saying everyone has Saturday and Sunday off. Right. But. A lot of people have work at 8 or 9 a.m. on a, on a Monday morning. This particular guy said he was a doctor and had patients to tend to. Right. Um, and it's my, my point is this. I, if the algorithm fails, which you, you guys created, you guys made the algorithm. I mm-hmm. don't think anybody else made that for you. Yeah. If your algorithm fails, you should probably be paying to fix the problem. And if, in, given what happened to the stock price this week, um, I think had they given this is crazy, yeah. but I five thousand dollars just some crazy number that appears crazy on his face to fix your algorithm not working or breaking. Well, plus you need to move your employees. Like you want to keep them happy. It just seems like once you start talking about thousand dollars to think stay in their the city, algorithm and extra is broken. I think that the data you said Mankind you spoke of earlier. They're doing pretty darn well with it. The fact right, that this so, is the first time this has happened. And so it works. It made the news cycle. It, it works 99.9% of the time. Right, so look at this United Airlines. Why would you not pay $5,000? 120 $1. voluntary denials of boarding per 100,000 boardings. Okay. 120. And that's people that get up for the money or the hotel stay. Right. Involuntary, like this gentleman, mm-hmm. denials of boarding 12 out of 100,000. It's a lot of people. I mean, so, they're they're ahead of they're ahead of Southwest and Alaska Airlines and American and Delta, but the worst offenders, SkyWest and ExpressJet, at 180 voluntary mm-hmm. uh, per denials per 100,000, and uh, 16 involuntary for SkyWest per 100,000, and 20 per 100,000 for ExpressJet. So Jet. 50 and 70 percent more ish. Yes. Actually, eighty percent ish. Well, whatever. Um, I didn't do the math in my head just now, but yeah, per one hundred thousand, they're only telling twelve people that don't agree to the terms. You, you right. still have to get off. Right. It just seems like if your system's breaking down, and this is where the the human heart comes in, and this is you know where you're just like, yeah, it's kind of like Amazon. Like I remember this one time, uh, Amazon.com. They had a customer problem, and one of their mid level managers did all this analysis as if they should pay the guy off or not. And they went to the upper manager and they had all these spreadsheets and everything. Like, no, just give them the refund. We don't care. Like, mm-hmm. the customer is is going to spend more money with yeah, you. Yeah, like, the customer just needs to be happy. Like, I, their market cap dropped a lot less than a thousand bucks. Well, that's my point. Like, there's a point where yeah, I, I will spend an extra day in wherever for like thousand yeah. bucks. It starts to become like even if is, it's a flight credit. They, that should right. inspire them to give even more money because it's just coming right back to right. you. They're going to fly on your plane. They might buy a mini bottle of Crown Royal. Right. They, you know, they're going to pay an extra bag fee. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, when I heard that, I was just like, just keep raising the price. This is what makes a market, kids. Yeah, exactly. Like, come on. Yeah. Like what? Anyway. Um, so, uh, all right, we're. I guess we're done. That's Anything it. else? No. That's um, all she wrote. So th- th- I have to give it to the. Up to the Economist for that data that I was talking about. Ooh, uh, yeah. Denials per one hundred thousand. 
their graphic for that was mistakes on a plane. Oh. It's low hanging fruit, I know, but it made oh. me chuckle. Uh, I have, uh, oh man. It made me chuckle. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for your thoughts as always. Yeah, cheers. Markman. Can't wait yeah. to. Next Thursday. I mean, I'm not going to fly with you because you're like fighting. Aren't we back. doing like some deep dive, no news next week unless something crazy well, happens? Well, so we, we got something special in store. We're going to dive into something fun. It's okay. going to be It's going to be cool. All right. Mine's will be blown. I hope so. Um, so that is it for us, folks. I want to remind our listeners that Full HQ is closed tomorrow, and as such, we will not be posting a tech in, uh, tech edition of Industry Focus this week. So uh, tune in next week for Dylan Lewis's thoughts on next Friday. Uh, and if you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Once again, that is industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people in this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear in this program. For Tyler Markman, I'm Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on!